Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. What is the crack in this house? Don't, don't get me started. I've got a best friend which is Irish, so, uh, you know, he teached me well how to speak with a proper accent. You know what I mean? I've got my horses outside, uh, two horses. I just bought it the other day, but um, no, that's all I know. That's all I know. Nothing else. Hey, um, sorry, I'm a bit loud. Uh, I'm coming from Romania. Um, we shout a lot. We, uh, I've got a little bit of Latino blood in me as well. They say that we speak Latin language and... Uh, um, I hope you're going to get used to me today, but um, I'll, um, such an honor and privilege to be with you guys. Thank you so much for opening your hearts and your, um, your arms to welcome me with such a, I just felt from the beginning when I walked in, just the warmth that you guys are just creating in here, and uh, it was a great honor to, uh, I mean, one of the, the, the best friendships brings another friendship, that's what I always say, so with Phil and Anna, it's just incredible. We connected a few years ago. And since then, I said, mate, you're not going to get rid of me. <laughs> let's, let's go. This is a great relationship. So, um, and then, uh, so I've been pursuing him. <laughs> Come on. Then he pursued me. It's a, it's a both-way relationship, you know what I'm saying? And then um, I was in, uh, in Dundalk. This, this, uh, this week, and uh, I was like, How, can you come over? I'm like, of course, I would love to see the church. I've been hearing a lot of stuff about you guys. I've been watching you online as well since the moment I met, uh, met Phil. So honor, privilege, and it's just joy to be with you today. So uh, I pray and I speak that God is going to just show you today in this message, whatever I'm going to speak here. Um, I've got something in my heart for this church specifically. Um, um, when, 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 when Phil was asking me, hey, can you speak? So I'm like, I'm going I'm to create something specifically for the church. So uh, this is not a, you know, ah, I got a message that I keep rolling, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what we do sometimes, you know. The pastor's like, man, I'm busy. I'm going to roll this, this message again. But we, we're okay. Believe us and uh, support us. And, uh, yeah. But um, I've got a lot in common with, with Pastor Phil, actually. Um, a lot of things in common. We are both very loud. You agree with me? We're both very loud. We both actually got a Polish wife. Come on, somebody. Jin dobre. I'm actually, my wife is Polish, I'm, uh, I'm Romanian, Irish, Polish, I'm, come on. Uh, we both, as I said, we're both very expressive. I don't know if you speak to Pastor Phil, but sometimes I'm hitting people. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I'm like, oh, oh relax. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we both believe, me and Pastor, uh, Pastor Phil, we both believe that God uh, if God can use me and him and Anna and Alina, my wife's name is Alina, to build a church, he can use you in the same way to build this incredible church, R8. So uh, I'm already part of this family, and uh, even if you accept me or not, I'm part of it. <laughs> this is my cousin. Um, this is my brother, my sister, my all the uh, across the pond church. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I don't feel a guest, so if you call me a guest one more time, I will never come here again. <laughs> Please. Um, so I, I just want to give you a little bit of a, of a story. Um, I've got a message that I wanted to speak to you, and half of the, my, my time is going to be specifically about you. But I wanted to share with you 
some, some bits of my story. Um, stories are powerful. Um, sometimes we focus too much on telling people about the gospel and the, the good news and da-da-da, but most of the times, the story that you carry right now, it's the most important tool that you have to speak to people. So I encourage you, when you don't know what to say to somebody at the car, a Starbucks, just tell them this, your story, and they will tell you their story. And that's, that's how, this is how most of the time we get people to come to Christ, through our stories. Not through a theology course, not through, a, ah, I've got great ideas, come to my church. This is what the Bible says, you should come to church. No, it's the story that you have. So, I met my wife in 2011. Uh, do you want to hear how I met my wife? Do you want to hear? Man, it's a bit of a crazy story, but uh, bear, bear with me. Uh, I met my wife, actually, in the airplane. That's how crazy I was. I, went, uh, I, was, I was flying from, from, from Bucharest to New York City. My wife was flying from Warsaw to New York City. So I, we changed planes in, in Heathrow Terminal 5. So, you know, when you're waiting to embark, you're waiting to departure, you, you stay in the lounge and you're waiting. Not the business lounge. I didn't have money for that, but just in a regular <laughs> And um, I see her across. She looked like she has... Really nice personality, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, thank you for investing in her personality, especially from the back. <laughs> so I look at her, she looks at me, and then we, we go into the plane. And I'm like, man, this is so close. Like she's walking, I'm following her. And all of that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, no joke. Guys, I'm not exaggerating. This is my story, as I said. She finds her seat right behind me. Right behind me. So I find my seat. I sit down. And then all of a sudden, I look behind me. And she, and she is behind me. And I'm like, this is my moment. I, I got to talk to her. But then um, 10 minutes passes. And these two guys come to her. And she says, excuse me, I think you've got the wrong seat. She is like, oh, really? Oh, sorry, sorry. She looks at the seat, and then all of a sudden she goes, ah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's my fault. And guess what? <laughs> <laughs> right next to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, I've been praying, fasting for this moment for years. And it happened. So next to me. So anyway, the plane takes off and, and eight hours until New York City. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to talk to her somehow. But she puts her headphones and she falls asleep. And I'm like, are you serious? I've been working on this for ages and you ignore this? But apparently I wasn't that attractive. So anyway, she goes to sleep and this kid next to me was a Irish, uh, no, it wasn't an Irish, it was a Russian kid next to me, sitting next to me. I think it was 12 years old, and he was like, keep bothering her. Excuse me, excuse me, I think we've got six hours until we land. And then again, hey, excuse me, excuse me, I think we've got three hours until we land. And she, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Leave her alone. Don't bother her. No, 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 this kid was going crazy, waking her up, and I got angry. I got angry at the guy. So I'm like, the next thing I do... I'm like pushing him over with my hand, and I'm like, excuse me, mate. Hey, my name is Daniel. What's your name? 
And anything, everything else was history. We found out that she actually lived 30 minutes away from where I was living in New York City. And uh, I asked her email. We, we didn't have no Instagram or whatsoever. But I asked her email, and we start chatting. And to find out on our first date that she is actually a Christian. And I was like, the moment we found out that we're Christians, everything that just, just started to, to flow. So anyway, we got married, and we moved to London. Uh, she speaks Polish. I speak Romanian. There's no way I can learn that language. So we had to go into a country where we both speak the same language. So we went to London. We stayed in London. We were pastors in London for, um, for 10 years and five years on staff. And until 2020, when God dropped something in our heart, until 2020, when God said to us something very specific. We went in a tour in Eastern Europe, in Czech Republic. Um, we went in, in Romania and also in Poland for a little tour, evangelistic tour. And uh, we had, a, the last tour was in, in Romania, in north of Romania. We did, a, we did a worship night. 800 young people showed up. And 125 people gave their life to Jesus that night. So I was sitting in the front, putting my hands on the, on the stage, and then I look behind me, and I see these hands raising for Christ, and all of a sudden, God said to me, what are you going to do about these hands? Where are they going to go? Do they have churches? Is it somebody that's going to disciple them? And all of these questions started to, to bubble up in my head, and I was like, we got to do something about it. So God dropped a, a dream in our hearts. How about you creating that space for these people. How about moving and creating a church, a life-giving church like R8 that welcomes people and, and brings people to purpose, brings people to a connection with God. So um, that's what we did. It wasn't that easy, but in 2021, we took our daughter, Esme, which is three months old at that time, and we packed our bags uh, we had a little plan. It's not we just like left everything, but we packed our bags and we moved to Bucharest, Romania to plant a life-giving church called Intro Church. And right now we're in the launch team right there. We're in the launch season. I heard all the stories about your launch, which was amazing. But we're believing that God is going to create a church and build a church, a life-giving church, that Bucharest is going to come to know Him. 2.6 million people that are living there. Um, during the week, and in, on the weekend, usually majority, majority of them, they're going back home. But, um, and it's a hunger for God that I've never seen before. We, we actually, we actually got, gather some launch team, and, and uh, there's not Christians laying around waiting for a church to open. But I thought that's going to happen. You know, Americans are coming to you and say, you open a church, and you're going to be thousands of people coming. And I'm like, are you serious? I end, I end up in Bucharest and nobody shows to my launch evenings and whatever I was doing. So I, we started to go to coffee shops, talking to people, and all of a sudden we started to gather people. But none of them, they were Christians. So all of a sudden I found myself with my wife building a launch team with non-Christians. So I'm like, what are we going to do? Well, let's baptize them. <laughs> so six months into, into being in Romania, we started to baptize people. So 11 people out of the 25 that we have right now, they needed to get baptized. So build a church with the non-Christians that they just got baptized. Good luck with that. But they are so hungry. And they're so desperate to hear the word of God. And they're so desperate to do something for, the, for the, a society that was literally 
destroyed by the communism. A society that don't dream, they don't dream anymore. Their parents don't dream anymore. Nobody's dreaming there because a society that was oppressed for so many years of a really bad regime, it needs a life-giving church. So um, that's, that's why we move there. And a lot of people are like, what, what, how can you do that, man? How can, you, how can you move your whole family? At least wait until your, your child grows, until wait until you make some money. But I'm like, when God is calling you to do something, when, God, when you know that God is calling you to do something, you must obey Him. So now, not all of you is called to go to Romania and plant a church. But majority of you are called to do something significant for the kingdom. So here I am today encouraging you, because I'm already encouraged by you, to go up there into the world and live a life, life-giving life that gives life from the, the, the relationship that you already have with Christ, but also to do something significant for the kingdom. So I really wanted to, 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 to read a verse that is kind of like I, when, when I was thinking about going to Romania and all that really spoke to me a lot. And um, sometimes, I don't know about you, but COVID kind of like, ah, just chill a little bit more. Ah, don't go to church that often. Ah, no more groups. Why do we need groups? And we started, somehow I started, you didn't because you were an amazing church, but I started to be a little bit like flexible when it comes to God. To be a little bit like flexible when it comes to the kingdom. To be flexible when it comes to the things of God. So I want to read to you in Matthew 13, 44, and 46 what Jesus says about the kingdom of God and how we should see the kingdom of God. Are you ready? If you have your Bibles open to Matthew 13, 44, and 46, it says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered, a hidden, discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he did it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy this field. Again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for a choice, for a choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of a great value, he, sell, he sold everything he owned and he bought that pearl. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is not just an option for your life. The kingdom of heaven is not just another good idea that we must accept because, you know, we have meditation in the morning and we have exercising and then we add the kingdom of God or relationship with God. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says when you accept Christ and you understand what Christ is, you go crazy. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> come on. You start selling everything, and you're like, this is the best thing that happened to me, so I'm going to go and pursue it. So the, 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 the reason I told you my story, because when I understood Christianity this way, I'd start not living for myself anymore, but for the kingdom. You see, Christianity is not about living for ourselves. Christianity, relationship with God, it's not about living in comfort even. Even if we think, oh, we should have a comfortable life. Christianity actually, if you live a Christ-like life, a follower of Christ, it costs you a lot. It will cost you a lot. It will cost you Sunday mornings to come here at 9 
or at 8 or at 7.30. It will cost you to book your holidays and say, hey, I actually want to, to not go two Sundays in a row because I know there's somebody coming next Sunday and they may want it to hear my story. It, it, will cost you, it will cost you men's nights when you can go out and sit down on the sofa and chill out, but it will cost you nights of your week where you can go as whosoever you are in this room and impact somebody else's life. It will cost you that. And Bible says that when you discover the kingdom of heaven, and what's the kingdom of heaven? It's, kingdom of heaven is the relationship with God. Let's put it very simple. It's full of peace, love, forgiveness, freedom, and joy. And more than anything else, you must prioritize the kingdom. You must prioritize the kingdom of God. Sometimes we mix things in our heads because, oh, the church on Sunday is the kingdom. No, not only the church on Sunday. It's the Monday. It's the Tuesday. It's the Starbucks meeting that you have with your colleague that you can impact his life with Christ. That's kingdom as well. And somehow we separate it, but the kingdom of God is all his fruits that comes out of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So... What I wanted to encourage you is that when you look at the kingdom of God, it's not going to be comfortable. Like, I believe this place, I'm, and I'm sure Phil has a bigger vision than me, but this place is going to be filled twice, three times, because, because of you. Not because of Pastor Phil and Anna, not because of oh, some great uh, wave of, uh, I don't know, teaching are coming in this church. No, but because of you are going up there and you living the kingdom way. Full of joy, full of peace, full of kindness, full of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I am excited to, to meet people like that. Because only somebody like you can make a difference. So I want to tell you something else about this costing thing. It will cost you because this guy in the, in the Bible says that everything that he owned, he sold it. He sold everything that he had. And he went and bought this land that discovered the treasure. And I was wondering what his wife said about this decision of his. Maybe he was married. No, I don't know. Maybe married kids. Or I don't know. I'm making up stories because that's what I like. I just make up stories in my head and I have my own visual <laughs> video in my head. But what happened when he went home and said, listen, I want to, I found a big treasure. We're going to be way richer than we are right now. And probably she, they had to have an agreement and sell the, the properties and the car and the, everything and then go and buy this piece of land. It wasn't even a property on it. it was, the Bible says that it was a treasure inside that was costing more than anything that he had. And that is the kingdom of God. That is what you have inside. And whenever you think it's going to cost you, just remember it was worth it. It was worth it. Christ died for you. He gave his own life in order to, to you to have the biggest treasure ever. So you redeemed. You're full of joy. You're going to heaven because somebody else gave everything for you so you can have this treasure. And I want to go further. And then in Philippians 3, chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, it says, and I love Paul. Paul, it's, Paul is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. This guy was not living for anything but the kingdom of God. And he's telling us, he's paving the way for us. And he goes, I want you to live the same way. 
Because when you live the same way, it's a different perspective. There's nothing that can hold you down when you live from a perspective of heaven. Check it out, what he says in Philippians 3, 7, and 8. It says, I once thought these things were valuable, which means materialistic things. The world that he was part of, right? His job, his career. Once I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For His sake, this is Paul saying, for His, for his sake I have discarded everything else. In other words, I canceled everything else. Continuing it all, counting it all as a garbage. And I'm not going to go in theology here, but this is not the word that he's actually using. He was even using wor words that I can't even pronounce here, which means garbage is even less than garbage, but I'll tell you another time. So that I could gain Christ. In other words, I can gain this kingdom of heaven. So Paul is saying to us, everything you have, it's great. But comparing with Christ and with the kingdom, it's worthless. Imagine living like that. Not attached, of, not attached to anything in this world, but Christ alone. Imagine having a life where you are just in love with Christ. And you are His presence and His kindness. And you wake up every single morning. But that's what Paul is talking about. So I'm not saying not to have the best careers. I actually wish and declare and I pray that God's going to favor you like never before to be the most influential church, the most influential people in this nation to find, to find them in here in this house. And still, you guys put in Christ and the kingdom of heaven number one. And you see, that's how I understood things. And I, I took this as I, I must move to Romania not because I wanted to open a cool church. Not because I wanted to go there and say, oh, I always want to be a pastor and I always wanted to do. No, because I understood that everything else that I would pursue in this life, it's worthless unless I put Christ the center. Everything. So my question for you, if you're here for the first time, you never, never heard about Christ, or you're here Christian for many, many years, I just wanted to reflect, how do you live your life? How much are you rooted into this materialistic life? And how much are you living for a bigger purpose? Because that question is going to determine everything you're doing from tomorrow. That question is going to determine how you live your life at work. That question is going to determine how you treat other people. And I know God called you. God called you in this part of the world in, here in Belfast. To make a big, massive difference. So I want to give you some practical things that I see when I, when I read this passage. And I wanted to encourage you to be passionate about it. And passionate is not being introvert or extrovert. Right? I heard a lot of people, oh yeah, but I can't be passionate because I'm an introvert. I'm like, that's nothing to do with introvert or extrovert. That has to do with the joy of the Lord that is my salvation, that I live for His kingdom, that I am breathing every single day His, His message. Nothing to do with the character trait. 
So I encourage you, be passionate about the kingdom. Be passionate about the kingdom of God. When you hear things about a kingdom, go on fire. Go on fire for the kingdom. Because that's how we can impact the world. Can I tell you something? We are in this room because somebody like Paul was living for the kingdom. If Paul and the other disciples wouldn't go up there and make a difference and tell people about Jesus, we wouldn't be here. Do you realize that? Because you understand that. Now a church in Romania can actually make a difference because of your prayers. Because of your, your heart. So Christianity is not self-centered. It's outward-centered. Always. That's why we always talk about new people. Right? You heard that? You're like, ah, oh, the new people. We made three decisions. And this is awesome. Yes. By the way, since January... In Bucharest, we had 58 new people coming through our door. And we're not, we haven't even launched yet. So we, we don't have service. We don't have like, like cool singers like you guys have. Beautiful voices, angelic voices. We don't. We just meet together in a co-working space that we found. And we just fellowship. We do four things. We fellowship. We eat some food. We pray for one another. And we get encouraged around the world. So we had 59, 58 people coming to our doors, and 31 of those people made a decision to follow Jesus because some crazy group of people thought it's about others, and it's not about myself. I once was lost, but now I'm found. So you found. You're going go you, you to go and see heaven. Don't question that all the time. Am I going to make it or not? am I going to make it? No. Bible says very clear, if you declare and with your mouth and believe in your, in your soul, in your, in your heart that Christ is the Lord, then you shall be saved. So you're here for the first time and you're like, what is this guy shouting all about? I'm talking about a kingdom of heaven, a treasure that nobody can satisfy you more than Christ. A Jesus that is going to be there on your lows and on your highs. A Jesus that's going to be with you when you don't understand nothing. A Jesus that is going to be there when you feel like you're depressed. A Christ, a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. That is the treasure that I'm talking about. And I can't stop it. And I won't stop it. And I know you won't do it either because you're on fire for Christ. So passionate about the kingdom. And passion comes when you spend time with the king of the kingdom. You don't know how to create that passion? Because I, I was like, man, I, how do you do it? Well, spend time with the king of your kingdom, of his kingdom. Spend time with him. Be passionate about the things of God, about purity, prayer, justice. Talk to people about it. Be passionate about His church. This is not our eighth church. This is Christ's church. So when you come and serve, you're not doing a favor for a pastor, for a human being. You are actually serving the creator of the universe. What an honor. What a privilege. And maybe some of you, I really feel this to say this, some of you, Probably you don't do some practical things in this church. Maybe you're not welcoming or you're not doing kids or whatever. Let me tell you that God is using your skills and your heart and your kindness in different spaces, circle spaces in the world that can reflect His kingdom. So if you come here and you're just probably contributing financially or contributing with your smile, 
That's all. That's all you can in this season. We're glad you're here. Your uniqueness matters. Without you, it's not the same. I was having a conversation earlier. With you, it's not the same. You're you you, you coming every single Sunday, and you are com- you're building this kingdom together with all of us. I always say this to my team back home. I say to them, hey, we all like a, like a, like a building, right? We all build like a building, literally like a building. And each one of us, it's like a brick, right? So if a brick is missing on a Sunday and you remove a brick from the wall, what's happening? Well, if it's raining, water is going to go through, no? If it's windy, wind will come through. So your uniqueness, when you're missing church, we are all missing you. When you're not in the community with us, we all can feel that you're not there. So don't, for a, for a moment, don't even think that you're, in, you're not important in this community or you're not matter in this community. No, you do. And what you do, just your presence makes the difference. So be passionate about that kingdom in your way. Be passionate about, second thing, be passionate about people. Be passionate about people because the kingdom of God, it's all about people. One of our values that it's similar or it actually is the same like your value is people are our passion. We believe that you, anyone that came here for the first time, we were praying and thinking about you before you even arrived here. We welcomed you before we even met you. We say we don't have friends and family we have strangers and family. So the moment you walked in this church, you're part of the family. The moment you walked here, we're not, oh, you're a stranger. Let's go to step one, being a friend. And then after being a little bit of a friend, and then, then you go into a little bit deeper. No, no, no. You are family if you come in the, the kingdom of God. The Bible says if you made a decision and you're a believer, you're one of us. You're a king. You're part of the kingdom. What a beautiful picture and what a privilege God gave us. So be passionate about people. And I know the fact that you are so many here and you only like launch, relaunched pretty much after COVID, <laughs> and it shows that you're passionate about people. So for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. For God so loved Belfast that we're going to give our energy towards. We're going to give our time and going to give our, our resources for Belfast to know Christ. So I wanted to just encourage you. Remember one thing. Remember one thing. A life that is not lived for others is actually not a life. You were designed by God to live for other people. You were designed by God to make an impact. You were designed by God to be the salt And you are designed by God to be the light. The light in the darkness and salt to a saltless and tasteless world that we live in. So be encouraged. Be encouraged that God is using you right now. He's using your skills. He's using your your, your relationships. Everything that you're about, God is using you. And be full of joy because of that. Because what a privilege, the kingdom of God, to do that to us. And I want to encourage you with the last thought. And I'm out of here. You can have a peace. Nobody's shouting at you. But um, I want to ask you, I want to encourage you one thing. And this, my thought is to fix your eyes on Christ. 
nothing else. If it's one idea that stays with you after today, is this verse that I'm going to read right now, which says, Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and the perfecter of faith. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame and taking his seat at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Let us keep the eyes on Christ. And you guys had a beautiful series, Pastor Phil told me. And I wanted to encourage you to continue thinking that way. It's about a life of sacrifice. Christianity is about fixing your eyes on Christ. Christianity is about producing fruits. Christianity is not about doing good to get good. It's not, you know how you receive salvation is through faith, not through works. And don't bother working for your salvation. But when you have a relationship with Christ, you start producing fruits. And I want you to pretty much encourage you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Whatever you're going through, you may be going through a lot right now. And probably there's a business idea that you have and it doesn't come together. Or there's a relationship going on that it's going down. Or maybe you don't know what to do with your life. These are regular, normal things that we're going through. I had the, the craziest year of my life. Sounded very exciting in the beginning when I told you that we moved and trumpets and signs, welcome home. But can I be honest with you? Me and my wife, we had the hardest year of our life. 2021, 2022, I will never forget it. New country. New friends. I left all my friends behind. No jobs. Because you build planting a church. And it was all worth it for the one that makes you perfect in his eyes. So don't look at Sunday coming and we celebrate. And we, it's great that we celebrate. But going on, on Monday and Tuesday, you actually have some things that you need to sort out in yourself. It's not everything pink, but let me tell you something. He went on the cross to make sure that you are going through what you're going right now victorious. So don't give up. Make sure you don't give up on the kingdom of God. Make sure you don't give up on the, the walk that you have with Christ. And make sure you don't give up on the church and the gathering of, of, of the people. So I would love to... Leave you with this thought. Actually, I want you to meditate on this thought. Jesus died so you may have access to his kingdom. But not just a little access, <laughs> but full access. I would love to pray for you. I would like to, to speak into your season where you are right now. And maybe this message is more of like, hi. Oh, Here's another message that ask me and encourage me what I need to do and all that. I'm not asking you what to do. I'm reminding you who you are and the fact that you're part of the kingdom of God. And sometimes not, it's not pink. Sometimes it's not all good. Because look at the life's pole. The pole of life. Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> look, at the, look, at, look at the life that Paul lived. Fool. Fool. 
of circumstances that it was against him. And he goes, at the end, he goes, please do me a favor, R8. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't make it complicated. Don't complicate things. It's very simple. So Christ loved the world that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And my wish for you and my prayer that you may live a life at the fullness. My wish for you and my prayer is that you may enjoy Christ and the power of his resurrection. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.